Darnell Williams at the tailback. They'll hand it off to Williams up the middle. 25. Cuts it inside. 30. 35. 40. There goes Cadillac. To the 50. To the 40. To the 30. To the 20. To the 15. 10. Go crazy, Cadillac. Go crazy. Touchdown. Now they can play a little safer. But they're not going to. Nix is back. Throws it downfield. Caught. Touchdown, Williams. A 20-yard attempt. Josh Harris, the snapper. He'll call to the place. He'll hold it. Byron waits for the snap to the place. There it is. The kick is up. The kick is good. Auburn wins. 22-19. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Auburn Today podcast. As always, my name is Noble. I'm joined here with my co-host, Wheeler. Today, we have a really action-packed podcast episode for you guys we get to break down the sec tournament when auburn had a heartbreaking loss to arkansas but honestly the game means absolutely nothing at this point because auburn is going dancing auburn is playing in birmingham alabama in the ncaa tournament with a round of 64 matchup against the iowa hawkeyes big 10 school and the one seed in the region looking at us for a potential round of 32 matchup is houston which everyone knows the last time we played Houston and Birmingham, it didn't go so well. So hopefully that'll happen, and hopefully it won't be the exact same result. But Wheeler, we're going to jump into it real quick, talk about the SEC tournament especially, just kind of give us your thoughts throughout that game. You know, I, I don't know exactly how you were feeling about it. I was a little down. I expected, you know, around a 10-point loss. I was not really feeling it, and it looked like that was going to be the case. We were down a lot. For most of that game and then the, the comeback surge, KD Johnson played a phenomenal game. Comeback surges, he even you're you know, Auburn was even winning by one with 52 seconds left. And then, you know, it they ended up ended up losing by three. Just kind of walk us through how you felt for the majority of that game leading up to that one minute, and then we'll we'll talk about uh everything that ensued in that last minute. But just give us your thoughts about what uh how you're feeling going into the game and how how your emotions shifted throughout the course. You know, I didn't feel great going into the game solely because Auburn and Arkansas really do have like kind of a low-key nasty rivalry. And it's kind of interesting because I feel like the fans, I mean, maybe on like Twitter, some people, but it's like for the most part, like Auburn and Arkansas fans, I feel like don't beef. But the basketball teams like hate each other for real. And so with them having Nick Smith back, I was not feeling hopeful about our chances in that one. Um I was really surprised that we were able to come back the way that we did. Um, Really surprised by KD Johnson's performance. But I think that the KD Johnson that we saw in that game is a blessing and a curse because the blessing in that is that KD can bring your team back into a game. The curse in that is that KD thinks that he plays like that every single game and shoots the ball like he's shooting like that every single game. Um, And so I – it was a great comeback, um, and I think I was texting you and a couple of other people like when they called that timeout right before we ran our end-of-game play, and I was like, this has to go to KD, right? Like, this has to go to KD or Jay Will. There's no way he gives it to win again, and sure enough. And I don't want to hate on win too bad. Like, I know he sees all the things. He gets enough hate. He doesn't need, you know – People hating on him. He's been a great player for our team. I'm sure he's a great guy, but in the game shot situation, I mean, 
at some point you got to look at doing doing it with somebody else um because he just hasn't made them um and that does that that at some point if you aren't making those shots it gets in your head and he gets pretty clean looks i mean even this look this was a good clean look i was pleased with the look that they drew up and they just <clears throat> weren't able to execute it so i was less concerned I was less concerned about losing the game the way that we lost it than, I mean, for the a little bit of that first half, I thought they were going to run away with it. And I was like, I know that beating Tennessee basically guaranteed us getting into the tournament, but let's not lose by 25 as the last thing that the committee sees. Um, and so you end up bringing it to overtime. And I just don't think that you can really be too frustrated with the way that Auburn drew in the NCAA tournament. And you never know what would have happened if they were able to win that game in advance. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think it's the worst thing to lose in the SEC tournament early. Um, if you don't win it, I think you want to lose early. That's my personal opinion. Uh, you just had a really long season. We've been on the road a ton on the back half. Like this, this back half of the regular season was very road game heavy. And with all those road games, I think you want a little bit of a break. And then having the game be in Birmingham, like, I just feel like this is really setting up well for Auburn to at least make it to the round of 32, which I think for this team, that's a win. If you go to the round of 32 and lose to a one seed with after the season that this team's had, like, I just don't think that that's a bad thing. And I think that if you are going to be um, playing a one seed in the round of 32, this is the best possible draw you could have gotten. You match up pretty well with this team, and you basically have a home game. So that was kind of my my overarching thought of, yeah, it sucks that you lose, but also when you get the draw that you get, you can't be too picky. Yeah, and I really agreed with what you said about if you're going to lose, you want to lose early. You know, I, I don't necessarily completely agree with the people who say like oh this is great everyone gets all this rest and all that like I, I don't think that really matters as much at this point but I do think that when you look at how the game went making the tournament is what matters and, and we knew that this team was not going to make a run with how Texas A&M is playing uh, you know really toward the the home stretch here we didn't really feel great about a rematch against Texas A&M winning that one the win against Arkansas I mean it probably if anything, it brings you up a seed and you might not be playing in Birmingham, you know, and I, I'd rather be playing in Birmingham than playing, you know, because eight and nine seeds, they're the exact same, you know, like th there's there's very little difference. And when you look at, you know, the rest of the bracket, you know, in the NCAA bracket, Arkansas is pretty much, I mean, Arkansas is really in the same boat as we, you know, us in Iowa, and I'd rather play Iowa than Arkansas. You know, I mean, Arkansas is a really good team. I think Arkansas is a team that can make a run. And, you know, I mean, you know, if you've been watching March the past few seasons, like Arkansas has been a really good team in March, and they're a really talented team this year too. So Arkansas, that that loss can be a little bit more encouraging because Arkansas is a really talented team, and we won't see until, you know, how they perform at March Madness about how hot they really are. But that loss specifically, I, I agree with you on, on the last shot. I definitely thought it should have been KD or Allen. And, and I think that's been something that I've kind of had uh, the, the past few the past few weeks and big-time moments. You know, I, I think Allen should be the guy. And, you know, I might be a little higher on Allen than a lot of other people. 
But I think that if you look at how he's performed in crunch time the past few weeks, you know, Alabama, as soon as that overtime started, scored five points right off the bat and would have scored seven if he had not been called for that very suspicious charge that fouled him out of the game. You know, so Allen has proven multiple times, and Allen was having a great game against Arkansas as well. And obviously KD was doing KD things. I, I just felt like those those should have been the guys. And I do, I, I do to an extent understand you want Wendell to be the guy because he's your point guard. I, I, I kind of understand it, but I just don't think he should be. I just don't think he should be the guy. Now the look was perfect. I mean that that was probably the best look Wendell has had on a you know game winning shot all year. It really is in his Auburn career. You know, so, someone made that made that uh, compilation of Wendell missing game winning shots on Twitter. And if you look at a lot of them, you're like, you know, some of them were not easy shots, you know, like some of them and some of them, you know, the the Florida game we've talked about. If you can go back to the, the Florida game in 2021, I remember we broke that one down on the podcast. There was a miscommunication. There were some games where, you know, it just wasn't perfect. That Tennessee game when he just gets mauled, you know, 35 feet away from the basket. I mean, he has not had super clean opportunities every time. Now, I think that the a lot of the people complain because they're saying that it's a consistent thing that he's not executing. But I will say, to be fair to Wendell, the hand has not been super clean every time he's been expected to perform well in that moment. Now, I will say this, he had a clean look, had a shot, didn't go in, you deal with it. You know, it's a tough scene, but that's what happened. I do think, you know, you could have had Allen, you could have had KD with how they were playing, but you didn't. And that's, you know, that's that's the decision that you got to live with going into the NCAA tournament at the end of the day. It doesn't matter that we lost that game. It makes no difference in the long run. So obviously you want to create some momentum going into tournament time. But Auburn is where they are now. And I think it's almost this team can I'm hoping that this team can forget everything that has happened. They can forget all the close losses they've had. They can forget all of the all the difficulties they have had. And just realize, hey, we're in the tournament. Like UNC last year, you know, was in the play was in the play in game, you know, and like they they have the they have the one of the last teams in an at large game. They really had to fight their way in, play their way into that tournament, and they ended up making the national championship because they were able to have a short memory and forget everything that got them there. And there are some teams that need to remember that and then there are some teams that just need to forget it and Auburn is definitely a team that just needs to completely forget the regular season it doesn't matter anymore they're in the tournament and they're just playing basketball they're 0-0 right now and I think if that mindset can get into this team I think it'll be I think it'll be helpful because you could definitely see the emotion of you know when you watch the team when I want to say it was Allen that made the shot that put Auburn up by one uh, with, with 52 seconds left and then Nick Smith hits that tough mid-range jumper on Allen, which was perfect defense. I mean, there was it was just a perfect shot. And you could just see the countenance go down that you were just like, the team was like, oh, here we go again. We're going to lose another close game. What's going on? Wendell takes, you know, Wendell takes it, tries to get a little wraparound pass in Janai like he did a couple minutes earlier in that game. Doesn't work. You go down by three, and we all know what happened then. But – 
You know, I just think that this team really needs to have that short memory going into this tournament of, all right, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter everything that happened. We're playing basketball in the tournament. You just got to beat Iowa. That's all you're having to do. You don't have to worry about that Arkansas game. You don't have to worry about the Alabama game. You don't have to worry about the Texas A&M game. You don't have to worry about any of that. You're just focused on beating Iowa this game. And I think that could really help this team from a mindset perspective. And I don't necessarily think this team can go on a run, but this team is – Pretty dang good for being 20 and 12. I mean, if, if the ball bounces differently a couple times, this team could easily be a four or five seed. And so I think that's the thing that that we kind of have to realize as fans, that this team could overperform. And they could they could completely underperform. They could get bounced first round. I'm not saying that. They could get bounced first round, second round. Is that underperforming where they are seated? Like, it's underperforming for where you think that the program is. But as far as like performance expectations with their current seeding, I mean they're projected to get bounced in the first round. Like they're on the bottom mm-hmm. half of seeds, so it's not even under. If you get bounced in the first round, it's not underperforming. If you're a nine seed, it may be underperforming program wise, but not seeding wise, objectively. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think that's another thing to bring up is that this team really doesn't have many. You know, last year people were picking Auburn to win the championship, go to the Final Four, Elite Eight, all this kind of stuff. This year, no one's predicting that. Like you look at a lot of Lombardi's brackets, you look at a lot of Andy Katz's brackets. They have Auburn losing in the first round, and if anybody has Auburn beaten Iowa, nobody hasn't beaten Houston. So I think you know the team doesn't have anything to lose, but they can. They're just playing basketball, and Iowa could. You know, Iowa's not. A super ideal matchup, but really good offense against really good defense. And you know, I saw this. Uh, I saw this thing, this thing today uh, for the the advanced analytics stats people. Um, you know, so obviously there's the statistic Auburn's ten and zero in first round games. So you know, if you want to cling to that, Auburn has never lost in the round of sixty four. Also, there's this. There's there's some cutoff. I think it's. Every national champion since like 1990 has been top 57 in offense and top 37 in defense. And Auburn is one of, I think, 12, 12 to 15 teams that fit that criteria this year. So by that number, Auburn could statistically win a national championship this season. So if you're into that kind of thing, you can hang on to that. That technically by that metric, Auburn has a better chance of, you know, winning a natty than Iowa. However, you know, kind of looking at this matchup, Wheeler, what are your thoughts about Iowa? What are your thoughts about the draw itself? Playing in Birmingham, were you surprised that we got that Birmingham draw? Just kind of talk with us about where your mind is with this first-round matchup specifically. So, I mean, you mentioned the offense versus defense. Here is the thing that's going to make a lot of people feel good. Go and look at Iowa's coaches' performance in previous NCAA tournaments. How many times he has made it out of the first weekend? Never done it. He's been to like eight or nine tournaments and has not made it out of the first weekend. Iowa chronically underperforms when it comes to the NCAA tournament. They just, for some reason, their style just doesn't, doesn't play well in the NCAA tournament. Now, another aspect of this, and you can tell me that I'm crazy, you know, I know that the Alabama-Gonzaga game this year kind of spits in the face of this. The BJCC, every time I've watched a basketball game at the BJCC, which is where the 
arena, the arena in Birmingham. That's what it's called for those that aren't as familiar with the Birmingham area. They've been not very good shooting games. Now, it might be that most of the games that I've been to have been Auburn-UAB games, and UAB was just hack a shack in Auburn, and Auburn was just hack a shack in back. But Alabama doesn't play well in the BJCC. Auburn wins games, but typically doesn't play well there either. I don't know why and what the sight lines are in that in that arena, but that is not a very offensive-friendly arena. I say all of this. Gonzaga did shoot 80% in the second half against Bama this year, which is unheard of for a half. But I don't think that the arena, you can say that the arena has an effect. When somebody's shooting 80%, like that's just ridiculous athletes being ridiculous athletes. But I do think be playing on the moon note, and it wouldn't matter. If you go back and you think about all of those Auburn UAB games, you go and look at how Alabama played in the BJCC. And I know it's going to be a freezing cold take. Just watch. Now that I've said this and I've noted this, it's going to be a freezing cold take. And out of all of the regionals, it's going to have the best offense coming out of the Birmingham regional. But I really do. If I had to like make a prediction, I would say that it is not, it's not a shooter's arena typically. So that's something to keep an eye out for, especially with a team like Auburn that doesn't shoot well in any arena. So it really doesn't matter what the sight lines are. Yeah, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm not mistaken, the last time Auburn played in the BJCC, it was that game against UAB the the year we made the Final Four. Uh, I believe it was Dangell's first game back from suspension when Jared had 31 points. The game went to overtime. Jared had 31, and Jared was quite possibly the only player on that team that did anything offensively. And we were really worried about how that team was going to, you know, gel with Dangell coming back. And, you know, Jared was really – we had to lean on them. But if I'm not mistaken, that was – because I remember Bryce had a horrible game. I mean, Bryce played just about the whole game and had, like, five points. I mean, it was one of Bryce's worst games. Uh, and I believe that was the last time we played in uh, in the BJCC. So that was really only only one guy that we had that played really well. And, you know, fast forward a few years, you see Jared was, you know, last year playing for the, the Birmingham squadron and was still having a great game, you know, great game uh, every night. So maybe Jared's just a big BJCC guy. Am I wrong? Did Auburn play St. Louis in the BJCC for like that Mike's Live Invitational at some point? I thought that there was one year after they canceled the UAB series that Auburn still played in the Mike Slav Invitational. I could be dead wrong about that. Maybe it wasn't St. Louis. I feel like we played a team that was like similar to St. Louis's caliber in the BJCC for the Mike Slav Invitational. Maybe we did. The only game that I, the the furthest the the most recent one I can remember is that twenty eight the twenty eighteen twenty nineteen game. Uh on Christmas break. That was uh that was the most the most recent I can remember, but maybe I'm wrong. But regardless, you know, the BJCC it does, you know, emphasize that point that you were saying that most of the time the Alabama teams don't exactly play phenomenal basketball in there. Okay. But you know, with, with all that I found it. Auburn St. Louis 2019 Mike Slive invitational. Auburn wins 67 to 61 in a low scoring game. There you go. That's right. No, well, that's pitiful of you. How can you not remember the Mike Slive Invitational from four years ago? Do you even care about the game? <laughs> that is maybe Weather's first time knowing, you know, some obscure fact about Auburn that 
I was not able to regurgitate. And I wish y'all could see him right now. He is dancing because he is so excited. But you know, let's 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 move on. Uh, move move away from that that painful reality that we will bring up multiple times. But we're going to focus in more on. We're going to focus more on Iowa as a team. Kind of take a quicker look at them. You know, beyond just the the initial thing. You know, you take one look at their you know their recent games. It's been very interesting. They were actually upset in the first round of the Big Ten tournament by Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State was a 13 seed, and Iowa lost that game by four. They lost to Nebraska to close out the regular season. So, so far, they have yet to win a game in March. But their February was very sporadic. It included, you know, blowout losses against Purdue and Northwestern and Wisconsin, but they also featured games against teams like Michigan State. They beat Michigan State 112 to 106 in overtime. And anytime you can score 112 points in a college basketball game, that just speaks to the caliber of their offense. Because let me tell you, this team can play offense. I mean, they that is not a, you know, a weakness that they have. This team can play some offense. You look closer at that, you know, just blowout, you know, on both sides game. Uh, against Ohio State or against Michigan State, they had three guys score over twenty. Their star player Chris Murray, who um is a sibling of uh, Keegan Murray, who obviously was a first round pick in uh, last year's NBA draft, he had twenty six and eight. He's really the guy to to watch out for. He's you know by by most uh, metrics their best player. You got Tony Perkins, who's their one of their guards. He's a really good player, good shooter really smart with the ball. So you you look at those those this kind of this kind of team um and really when you look through Iowa they're not a conventional Big 12 team or a uh, Big 10 team. And you know Bruce kind of mentioned that a little bit in his his interview yesterday. But this team this team will shoot, this team can score, but this team's defense is not exactly their strength. They're very sporadic with their defense. Some games they've been really good, some games they let the tail, you know, they just let the doors get blown off and let a team score 106 on them. So the 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 Iowa as a team is very interesting. Their leading scorer is Chris Murray with 20 points per game, averages eight rebounds, um, and he also averages 1.2 blocks. So he's really their you know their guy. You know if you can if you can stop him, you you can really stop stop a lot of what they do. He averages numbers very similar to Jabari Smith last year on slightly worse efficiency, but. Chris Murray is definitely the guy that will be hearing his name a lot when we're playing him, and he's really the guy to to really focus in on. But Wheeler, why don't you just kind of give us your thoughts on on Iowa specifically as a team and how they can match up with Auburn? Yeah, I mean, you look right now. So Simo is playing. Uh, I don't know who Simo is playing in the NCAA tournament. I know they're a first four team. Are they playing Corpus Christi? Okay, so Simo's playing Corpus Christi. Iowa beat Simo, so an NCAA tournament team by 30 105 to 75 so 105 points against an ncaa tournament team is ridiculous um but the thing about it is auburn's done very well when they've played good offensive teams uh specific i mean i think the best offense in the country this year you could argue is alabama and when auburn wants to batten down the hatches and really play defense they've been able to um, and having an entire week to prepare for this, that really helps all well, not quite a week. I guess it's, you know, Thursday night. Eh, that's five days. They what they found out Sunday, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Well, four days. Four days still better than playing them in the second round. 
Um, so I think having all your install going into this team, uh, it's something that I think Auburn will be able to slow down their offense. The thing that we cannot do, and we've mentioned it on the podcast so many times, is our weak point this year has not been teams as a whole going off on us. It's been one singular individual, and it's not typically the star. It's it's You go to the Alabama game. Brandon Miller's not going off on you, but Javon Quinterly just absolutely takes you to the woodshed. Um, whoever that guy for West Virginia that just destroyed us at South Carolina last year and then destroyed us at West Virginia this year, you can't let that happen. I know that it's NCAA tournament. Guys are going to be playing big. You can't have that one guy that just mauls you. And if you hold any, if you keep it at bay where you don't have one guy just having the best game of their entire career, I really like our matchup here. But my concern is that they have multiple guys on their team that have the potential to basically have like what KD did in the first round of the SEC tournament and have their career day where everything falls and then you're just in deep trouble. Yeah, I think the biggest concern for me is, you know, a lot of the a lot of their guys can shoot the three really well. That just worries me a little bit because you just always know that there's that one guy that's going to be really hot. Um, so if we can just really keep the hand, keep the ball out of the hot hand, uh, I'm a little bit hopeful. But I do agree with you. You know, the defense in big games has been really, really, really solid. You know, you look at Tennessee, really shut them down twice. You look at Alabama and really slowed them down a lot twice, uh, even in that overtime game. Really good at keying in on guys. So I, I do think that, and it's 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 also good. You know, if you play a good offensive team in March, it's really hot. You know, sometimes you're just not going to win. But a lot of the time, you know, the 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 slogan defense travels. You know, that's pretty common. Like really good defensive teams are typically successful in March because you know everything's different. You know, you mentioned the sight lines in the new arenas. You don't have that much time to get used to them. Uh, you know, you're sleeping in the hotel, you're traveling all around, everything's new, you have all the attention, all the pressure. Defense really typically doesn't get affected by that. Now, offense does. So a lot of the time you see kind of high-powered offenses crumble in March, but sometimes, you know, like every Auburn fan knows, that 2019 Auburn team, those guys, though, that was an offensive team, and they caught fire in March. So I, I think that a lot of the time, you know, you, you look at these kind of matchups and you're like, you don't really know which one to go with. Because the defense is the safer one, but the offensive teams are the teams that can really just blow the doors off. So I think that that's a really close matchup to watch. Auburn has had really good offenses that they've played this year. and They've done a very good job of slowing them down, stopping them in the big games. So I, I do think that Auburn's defense will be the biggest key on this in this game and really a consistent scoring threat. Seeing how, I mean, KD has played, I mean, KD has quietly played a really good stretch of basketball the past three weeks. It's just been overshadowed by some tough losses. He's been playing really well. Wendell has been on and off. Jalen Williams has played pretty well besides uh, the game against Arkansas. He struggled a little bit. Allen's been playing really well the past couple of weeks. I mean, the team individually is having games that they're playing well. The players individually, they just haven't been able to all play really well in one game, you know? So I think that when if that can happen against Iowa, I feel good about the game. Otherwise, I'm a little bit worried. So right now, I might be a little high, might be a little too too optimistic, might just be the fact that, you know, the, the ticket's waiting in the Apple wallet, but I, I think I, I feel good. I think Auburn's going to get that that round one win. So, Wheeler, what is uh, what is your prediction for the, the Tigers versus the Hawkeyes in round one? 
I love Noble with the subtle flex, letting people know that he does, in fact, have $116 in his bank account after he went skiing for spring break. Wow, man. Just show how much cash you really have. Flex on all of us. Um, uh, I'm uh, I'm expecting a close game. I'm expecting a win for Auburn. Um, I really think that Jalen Williams is going to have a good game. Uh he typically doesn't have back-to-back tough games, and I think that his little uh, post-move thing that he does will go super well against Iowa um, since they don't have a ton of size on their team. So I'm excited, um, and I think we're going to win. We'll definitely we'll, we'll definitely be hopeful. Uh, if Auburn does win, we'll have a quick turnaround on a podcast and hopefully get a quick one to break down the Iowa game and you know for, forecast the, the Houston game. Uh, But as always, thank you guys so much for listening and War Eagle. War Eagle.